0: Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. Yeah, hey everyone, uh, Andy and Dave here for another Tuesday tune-in. Um, yeah, it's gone Come Tuesday already. Is um, it Tuesday yeah, already? It's uh, Tuesday already, Dave. Um, <laughs> that time of the week. Uh yeah, if you just joined us, do say hello. Um hey Miko, I can see uh James, Mark, Marky Boy always on. Um yeah, do give us a little thumbs up or a comment or a gif or whatever you want to put to say hello. Um but yeah, today's live is uh, little a little bit different. I mean, we get a lot of questions asked around solo trekking, which is uh, which is common because you know yeah, we get people who are booked down there on their own, we get people who are booked in groups. Yeah. Uh, you know we get families we get a bunch of friends and it, it, it's it's a big one um and dave i mean i know the the first time we we were talking about today and we wanted to to kind of focus on a few di- quite a bunch of different questions isn't it i know there were a few that we we put up on the board and we were like right okay those are the questions like there was one post um i forgot the, the person's name now but they put in the group about two or three days ago around you know will i be alone on the trip if i book on yeah. my own and the next thing you know is like 80 comments or whatever it was saying, you know, go on your own. It's amazing. This, that, this, that, and it was, um, yeah, it was really good to see, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably one of the biggest barriers, I think. So not everyone wants to go on these type of trips, you know, and I'm yeah. I'm, I'm thankful for that. So naturally, if you do want to go, you might find yourself the only person in your friend circle, the only person in your family who really wants to go on this trip, and yeah. sometimes that can be sort of a barrier as to why you might not go because. You know, it is more fun when you, when you do have other people to share the experiences with, yeah. um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't go. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be on your own. Um, so we yeah. wanted to talk a little bit about it today to let people know who are thinking of going, but a friend yeah. has dropped out and now they're having second thoughts or they can't find anyone to go with. So they're holding off because <sighs> It can be scary to book and catch a flight and go to some far flung destination on your own. But actually we're here today to tell you that it's not scary maybe a little bit scary but it doesn't doesn't need to be scary and um and yeah and you can have just as much or or sometimes an even better experience um you know by going solo and i know many people that have been on here um you know have met people on their trip and become sort of lifelong friends and then you go on a second trip with all the people you met on the first one (laughs) so yeah it, it is it is awesome
0: nice yeah a bunch of people um Joining us now. Hey Sital, Andy, Stewart, Shona, Heather, Kelly, Judy, Dave, another Dave, Paula, Ruth, Pablo, first live. Pablo, it's about time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good old half term. Yeah, no, thanks for thanks, thanks for, for joining us.
1: Pablo's been on before, isn't he? Um, maybe yeah, uh, oh, well, since, well, December. December. since December. Since <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, I recognize <laughs>
0: Pablo. Yeah, great stuff. Haley, Alan, um, even tracks on the live. How, how did that happen? Um Ramona, Kim, Michael, Jim, Paula again, and yeah, obviously, great guys. Great to, to see you all on. And yeah, what Dave was talking about there, I think, is a common fear, I suppose, or, or common you know worry that props up. And you know, the very first time I, I went to Ever Space Camp was on my own. Um, it actually was on my own essentially, but it was just because that was how it worked out. But having been on so many trips, um, and and there's loads of ever trekkers that have been on our trips that book on their own. I'd say over half of everyone that we get booked in um, is a solo trekker, essentially. Yeah. Um, but you're never on your own. You're, you're always, um, you know, you make your life lifelong friends or, as uh, my good friend Max would say, friends to be discovered, um, which is a great way to look at it because they are friends to be discovered. And on this trip, you never know. You can meet your lifelong friends. And it's all part of, of the adventure. Um, but it's not for everyone. You know, it's there's a certain... I don't know. I've got some friends who, who kind of don't really like going out on their own. They've always let to go with someone and that's cool. Um, try and drag them out, <laughs> but don't let it stop you. Certainly if you're, if you're thinking about going on your own, and yeah. I think, you know, there was a few questions that cropped up, Dave. I, we may as well go straight into it. Like for instance, um, when we talked about Dave, wasn't it? It was, you know, what happens if I'm, if I arrive on my own at the airport, scary, new country, exciting, new country. Yeah. Um, I'm at the airport all alone. Uh, you know, how, what would happen? Um, and Dave, I, I know that because you, you wrote that question down. It's it's always reassuring, isn't it? Once you get through, you pick up your bags, you see the EverTrek sign, you see the guys there. Um, you know, again, you're not on your own, and there will be yeah. people there to kind of look after you, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the things. I mean, obviously, not every solo trekker, not every solo adventurer is going to be yeah. sort of have those sort of concerns, but a lot of people certainly do, and they tend to, you know. Not always speak up about them, and uh, often we don't even know about them because they might not have yeah. even reached out to us. So my hope is that someone will see this and kind of, you know, just have the confidence to trust that you know it is going to be okay. You're not yeah. re- you're not going to be on your own. I mean, there's a potential that you know you'll be on the flight and you're landing Kathmandu, and that can seem a little bit like overwhelming, or landing in Tanzania, or wherever you're going. It yeah. can seem a little like sensory overload. But actually, we've tried to make it so we've taken all of the, the worry away from the trip. So you can rest assured that no matter what, one of the Evertrek reps locally in the country is going to be there to meet you with a friendly hello and namaste or, you know, a mambo or something like that. And you're going to instantly be like swept up, taken to the car and you'll feel so much like uh, once that initial shock is over, all of a sudden then you're <clears> and, like all the fear is gone once you get to the hotel as well. You know, yes. you'll, you'll meet everyone else who's in the group. And even if, yeah. you know, like you end up in a situation like where Andy decided to go to EBC in the depth of Wh- a Himalayan winter. So we didn't really have many people, but you were never really on your own all the time, right? You met some Australians over there that were on the table. Same- uh,
0: yeah, I mean, because it was the time I went was was a very unusual time because it was just after, <clears throat> excuse me, it was just after the earthquake, um, 2015. So it wasn't long after that. Whereas... So you can imagine there wasn't many people who wanted to go there anyway, because of the, the obviously the negative news um, and winter. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I probably only saw 20 people on the entire Trek. So it was a little bit different, <laughs> but yeah, I, I even that even again, there was value to having time on your own. you know, having that thinking time. I mean, this is before ever Trek started and and really it kind of changed my life in a way because I had all that yeah. time to think, okay, about a new, new idea, new project, which, which turned out to be this. And, you know that that was fantastic, but again, you know that's not for everyone. And you you, know, yeah. you do meet people, um, but it is certainly something that we we get asked a lot because naturally, if you haven't got a mate and you haven't got um, you know someone to go with, uh, then it does become a, almost an obstacle. That sometimes I feel um, it can, it can be put in front of you, and it's it's, it's it's that it's that lizard brain of yours that's almost holding you back from going. Because that lizard brain is something that sits in the subconscious, stopping you from from making the jump. You know, like you know, if you're on the edge of a you know, try to jump into a, 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 like a pool and a waterfall, yeah. there's that lizard brain trying to protect you, and that lizard brain is trying to protect you as well, thinking, "Oh yeah, okay, it's an excuse of not to go." But sometimes, yeah, it's it, to consciously make that decision to go. No, I'm going to go. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to have an awesome time, and I'm going to meet people. And sometimes it does take a bit of a motivation or push. To, or inspiration to, to do that um and yeah if there's anyone on the live today that's ever thinking about yeah you know maybe i that that,
1: that does resonate with me
0: yeah um honestly go for it it's it's one of the most amazing things you yeah. can do to go solo traveling lizard uh,
1: to david ike again have you
0: and no 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 it's something i i picked up when i started skiing and someone no, said no, oh, no, <laughs> it's,
1: a, it's a self-preservation it's the reason yeah. the closer i get to 40 i'm not going to do a bungee jump <laughs> so one of the, that lizard brain, but um one of the things as well that i was i was kind of keen to say because it's something that i've yes i've sort of picked up on just but it's not something that obviously i have any direct experience about and i understand yeah. that you know we have both male and female trekkers and i think yeah. you know if you are a girl perhaps you've got different worries than a man might have because of the circumstances you might end up in like you know sleeping yeah. arrangements and things like that it can be a little yes. if not worrying it can be a little uncomfortable and you don't necessarily want to share with someone who you don't know. So one of the things I do want to point out is that, you know, when the airport can be quite scary if you're traveling on your own. I noticed uh, Kelly Taylor said that although you might be on your own, you're never really on your own because um, yeah. both, you know, myself and Andy in the UK, we know when you're getting on the flight. We know the flight numbers. So we know roughly where you are at any one time. Um, and also, the guys in country monitor the flight tracking. So they see when you're in your air. Yeah. If you have a delay and you can't reach anyone because i have got a phone signal, you don't have to worry because we've got it covered. We know where you are. Um, but every time before you go on a trip as well, we'll send you out um, an email and it'll have all of our contact details in an emergency in the UK. um Quite often, my phone number, which is awesome. And um, then, then also the guys in country as well. So no matter where yeah. you are, you only a text or or a call away from, you know, us being able to uh, talk to you. And also with regards to the rooms. So I think um, Tina Barrett said, how does the rooms work? Yeah. So whenever we pair people together, we always go by, you know, guys with the guys, girls with the girls. We would never put a guy and a girl together who didn't know each other. Um, We would always try and find other arrangements. Maybe that might mean one person's on their own in a room, or even may have to share with someone else. Um, but we always, we always do that just for the comfort levels and reassurance levels. Um, with regards to single rooms, I saw that was mentioned. We can do it in Kathmandu, but it's not necessarily, or, or, or in, um, Kili, it can be done. We can get your own tent because obviously there's yeah. no shortage of space, but in places like, uh, Nepal in the mountains, the lodges are so congested. I mean, technically there's more people than there are beds. So there's always some juggling to get everyone in. Um, you may end up sharing, but it'll always be with another person who you're comfortable with and never with someone who you're uncomfortable with yeah So yeah hopefully that's made sense
0: yeah nice Dave <clears throat> yeah you brought some good points there because uh, you know it does sometimes we, we do get sort of ladies who are arriving on their own and and worry about oh gee you know do I have to share with another bloke i never met before which you know but we, we 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 wouldn't do that um in an emergency situation obviously if you're in a you know expedition or something could be yeah. the top of back on Kagua um, you know, and there's a refuge or something, then, you know, we, we wouldn't put you out of your, your comfort zone where um, we want to make sure you're okay with that. So anything around that, I hope that's had a little bit of clarity on. But Dave, let's tackle some questions because I know we had a bunch come in before, um, yeah. again, around solo traveling. Um, one I'll, I'll, I'll tackle straight away from Kelly because um, it's a great question, actually. And it's it's probably two questions because um, I, I've written some articles going back a couple of years ago and, and one of them was about solo traveling. One of them was about being the slowest. And yeah, so Kelly's asked, I'm going to be a solo traveler, a little worried. I'll be the most unfit and the slowest of the group. Is everyone going to be annoyed with me? And you know, it's a great question. What I would say is that, you know, being slow is a massive advantage. Any time that you're on a high altitude trip, being the slowest um, is, is, is fantastic. I mean, I... We always recommend and we always push, you know, go as almost go as slowest as slowest person, because then you're only going to climatize the same. Yeah. If you're that person that's an hour ahead every day, you imagine then when you get to 5000 metres and you haven't had as much climatization because you've rushed, that's going to affect the, the, the your body. Yeah. So essentially, uh, being the slowest is fine. And honestly, these, these types of trips are knowing the types of people that come on our trips. Uh, there's not, there's not many knobs put it that way. Uh, and yeah, in terms of people moaning at you and go, hurry up. It just, I, I, I've i never seen it. I, no. you know, you I like hey, it's not a perfect world. May see it on some trips, but not with ever trackers, really not that I've no. seen. I,
1: I've never you know? had any feedback or anything like that. And I've trekked with some of the slowest people known to mankind. I mean, um, <laughs> like I checked with my, um, my old man to base camp twice. Yeah. You know? And like I said, he go, he walks so slowly that there's a type of moss that only grows on ducks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like um, I remember one time on Penavan where I stood on Penavan watching him walk up and he looked like he was walking. I could see his arms were moving and yeah. his legs were moving, but he wasn't ever actually gaining any forward momentum. Um, but you just got to kind of adopt his way of trekking, which is like, you know, often with his arms crossed, just it's a joy, it. In, enjoying yeah. it. And we always say, you know, we've had people who are like, triathletes and who are uh, ex-military super active fit people who push themselves too fast at the beginning and really struggle higher up and people who maybe even have been questioning themselves at the beginning oh my god am i fit enough have i bit enough more than i can chew are really strong up top yeah yeah, you know and the way i liken it to is so it takes eight days to get to everest base camp if you arrive an hour before the rest of the group every day that's eight days less you've had acclimatized, eight hours less you've had acclimatized. <laughs> and if you think that eight hours don't doesn't make a difference, then stay up all night and go trekking the next day. <laughs> you know, eight hours makes a big difference, especially when it's day on, day on, you know, arriving earlier and earlier every day. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <coughs> it, yeah,
0: yeah anyway. listen, listen to your guide, whether it's Bistari, Bistari in Nepal, which is slow, or it's Paule Paule in uh, Kili, which is uh, Soheeli. <laughs> Listen to your guide. Go slow. Enjoy it. And, you know, you're there. It's it's, it's a once in a lifetime thing. Drink it in. It's an amazing experience. Take photos. I always use taking photos as an excuse to stop and rest and have some water. Yeah. Um, we always say, yeah, lucky, lucky, sippy, sippy, which means if you look it around, take a sip of your drink, um, you know, because then you get you're getting more hydration in. So, yeah, yeah um, Kelly, I hope that sort of did uh, the question justice there, you know, in terms of being worried about going on your own um you can see all the comments here i mean it's lovely some of the comments people are putting in you're not on your own mate um we've got no. a big community here you're coming with us yeah you're, you're part
1: of the family exactly uh, well, um a good yeah. one from rory now so rory's on the ebc trip this coming september and loves the new app did i say new what app? did you say new app i think yeah so something about an app okay okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, um, a yeah, little uh little little yeah so um little app a toiser, if you will. So that, oh. remember, yeah, Awesome. Anyway, he loves the new app, by the way. I <laughs> wonder you. what app that is. Maybe it's Strava. Um, question. He's about to change his flight to Qatar again. <laughs> Do you find adding on a few extra days of the trip is better for the trek um, yeah. or after? Oh, good. Is a few days better before or after yeah. the trek? So, uh, Rory, glad you like um, your new app. Well, whatever that may be.
0: Um, <laughs> with
1: regards it. to extra days, they're always better at the end of the trip um the reason being is because you, they're far more valuable valuable to you at the end because if there are any delays or anything like that with the look of the flight having them at the end means that you're not up against it time-wise so you don't have to stress out if you're delayed a day or two because you've got a day or two extra at the end um most likely you'll just have some extra days in Kathmandu which I highly recommend anyway is awesome to like you know, have just time in Kathmandu under your own steam, doing what you want, where you want, how you want. It's it's a really great city. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have too much time before the trip, you, you know, you risk dreaded Delhi belly or like Nepalese napalm, as we <laughs> as Andy coined it, before you actually go on the trip. We uh, fortunately had uh, one couple and wasn't it, who were there for about a week before, four or five days before, picked up a stomach bug in Kathmandu and had a, a far less enjoyable experience than they would have had otherwise. So, yeah, I always arrive pretty much on day one of the trip and any extra days keep to the end. I've had a week in the end, to be honest with you. It's great. <laughs> no, it's it's great. Now, you're 100 percent right. It's um, it's nice to have a
0: couple of buffer days uh, if you've got the time. And we know some of these trips are already, uh, you know, 15 days with Everest Base Camp. OK, Kili's a little bit shorter. You talking 11, 12 days, depending on if you're staying on to do any, um, you know, go down to Zanzibar or safari or something. Um, But yeah, it, it, it does help having those buffer days, especially in Nepal. Because unfortunately, with Everest region, you are governed by what happens in Lookler Airport, yeah. and you never know very, very rare occasion, but it can happen. Um, and it's happened to us before, Dave, and you know, on on separate trips where you can be delayed a day or two. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, um, having them at the end is it's in your back pocket, but a peace of mind. But yeah, you mentioned the app, Dave. Well, yeah, it is It is coming soon. Um, it will make an appearance, Dave. Um, Ooh, sorry, smooth. I need to get you back for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, I don't want to give too much away, but over the coming weeks, we will be releasing this to the community. Um, it's in the kind of test phase at the moment. So we've chosen a couple of secret groups. Uh, clearly Rory is one of those and, uh, he's got that app and he's testing it out for us, giving us some feedback so we can uh, improve it before we release it to everyone. Really excited about it. Um, but yeah, if you could wait for us to, to get in touch, because there's a lot of trips that we need to set this up for, it will really, I mean as we're talking about solo travelers, it's, it's kind of a group app. So you can, you can get to see who's on your group, um, you know, in terms of the day you get to share pictures. There's there's loads of cool things you can do. Yeah. It's, um, uh, it's kind of our own app as well. So yeah, we're really excited about it. So, yeah, definitely tune in in a few weeks and we'll yep. be um, releasing that to the masses. So,
1: yeah, exactly. you know that, Dave, I like that. <laughs> yeah, a couple of things. Here. So Colin Much has said it's his first time watching this guy's live, normally listening to the podcast, but it's definitely better live. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is, my friend. Of course we're better. You get it's that. You, 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 you miss out on that snappy repartee, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. Oh, Marky V, I was going to reply to your email, uh, Marky V. Sorry about that, mate. I'm going to reply to you today. Um, so many teasers, <laughs> cycling app, whatever next, Mate, Cycling's huge. You'd be you'd be you'd be away <laughs> when we finally get that bad boy. Lots out. of teasers, yeah. Get that bad boy out there, but um, yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, do you want to should we crack uh, on?
0: Yeah, yeah, just uh, just sort of um, cracking on with uh, some of the questions. Solo travellers still. Um, obviously, if you've got any questions, guys, do drop them in. We're going through the ones before the live now, but uh, we've seen a few drop in. But if you do have any specific questions, drop me on the comments there, and we'll we'll pick them up. Um, so Sam, Sam Neves, do you ever put solo travelers in touch with each other if they're going on the same trek? Uh, obviously, with per- permission, GDPR and all that. Yeah, it's, it's a good point, Sam. I think you, you might have already answered it there, because if unless if you don't know each other, uh, we can't really give direct information. I mean, what we usually do is say, OK, if you're on a, a, a particular date, uh, we'll say go into the Facebook group for your Facebook. Um, drop in the date that you go in and just ask and, and introduce yourself and say, you know, hey, guys going on the date, uh, anyone else here that's on the same date, and usually you get a bunch of people then. Um, whilst we're on the subject of the app, though, uh, another little teaser, Mark, uh, it, there is the, – you won't get all of the information, but you will get some sort of first names, uh, you know, bits of the surnames so you can see in terms of who's on your group, um, and then that will give you the ability maybe to go and look on the group and, and find that person. Um, you know, if you are a bit concerned, I mean, we can we can always ask some people for their permission – to if, if, if you want to connect with some people but honestly the best way and the way it's worked over the last few years is if you just share your um, uh, the date that you going um and then people will jump in and you know it's really accommodating like I said certain type of people go on these trips and yeah you know, you're never on your own there's always uh, there's always someone who's who's on your trip with you awesome
1: um, obviously unless you want, want to go on your own because some people do awesome. um, and, um, yeah question from Nikki. Uh, asked earlier this week whether single rooms are possible for the EBC trip. I think, um, yeah, so basically we do offer a single supplement so you can have your own room in Kathmandu. Um, The reason we can't do it for the EBC track is because it's just a matter of space. Sometimes you might end up with someone that has their own room by virtue of an odd number in the group. Um, and you know, like I said, you know, no one's ever going to be forced to share with someone who they're not comfortable with or don't know. So for instance, we'd never put like a, one, a a female from our group with a a male as a stranger, that type of thing, it wouldn't happen. So sometimes that can happen. Um, but that's almost just an accident of how the groups are put together and, and what the space is like in the lodge. Um, so we can't book it or guarantee it. Um, so yeah, when it comes to trekking to EVC, it's going to be twin sharing Um, all the way and all the way back because, you know, when you think about it, like Namshi is huge and there's loads of space and then Gorek Shep is tiny and there's a very limited amount of space, but technically there should be the same amount of people heading there at the same time. So you always get this bottleneck and it just gets less and less room. Um, And when you get there, you'll kind of understand the lodges can be pretty busy and you get, you know, there's loads of other trekkers from other companies. We we don't have, you know, just a single lodge. We do on two places, um, but, you know, other lodges we have to share. Um, yeah i mean
0: sometimes there's a capacity thing like we've we've been because again we do remain flexible on all these things you know and um if for instance that we're at a lodge and it's really quiet and there's there's a room or two that might be going spare you know it's just something that we can we can chat about but uh, it's something we used to do a couple of years ago because there was capacity but now but because the trips are so popular um obviously not just us um and you know with some of the lodges becoming so busy it's yeah it wasn't feasible to run uh you know to have single supplement in the mountains um you know we're talking about Nepal here obviously different with, with Kili because you can have yeah. your attempt um and you know in in South America and Morocco as well um so yeah just just clarifying that point is it we'd like to but it's we'd, we, we'd hate to sort of promise and say yeah single supplement in the mountains and then you go up there and it's so busy that you weren't able to get your own room which is why we've made the decision just to to have your own room if you want to in, in Kathmandu, which is nice, you know, which is nice to have a bit of your own space, yeah. uh, you know, a bit of bit of chill-out space, for, you know, in between. Um, but, yeah, how does – so I'm just going through some of the questions, Dave. Any of you can pick up, Dave?
1: Yeah, so first of all, yeah. um, I think um, Diane Fazakali and hey, Diane. Uh, Tracy Swift have kind of asked the same question, how it works on Kili. Okay. So on Kili, the tents that you actually – so I'll start at the beginning, sorry, the hotel – um you know it's a, they're sort of like multiple people to a room so between sort of three and five in the rooms in the hotel in Killy. Um, yeah. but when you're on the mountain um it's a twin sharing tents so um it's two people per tent and then obviously if you have an odd number someone will have their own tent we don't really have tents for three people um and to be honest with you I don't think you'd want that it would be it would be far too crowded and stuff like that just having one person to deal with Um, And to share with it is much easier than having three people. Um, So, yeah, and you kind of like fall in sync with each other. And, you know, I think two is definitely better. So, yeah, on the tents on the way up is two per tent, unless you want your own, in which case we can offer you a single one. Or if there's an odd number, someone might end up on their own. So, yeah, hopefully that kind of uh, covers that off.
0: Yeah. Nice, Dave. Nice. Just going through um, some of them here. I know there's a few a few questions dropping in now. Which is nice. I'll tell you one, one nice question that I, I don't think we've, we've had asked before. So I'm going to bring it in. Uh, is Colin. Uh, thanks for asking this one, Colin. Um, on the EBC Trek, do you visit any of the monasteries? We do. So there's um, there's actually a couple on the route, although one, maybe one you might have heard of already, which is called Tengboche uh, Monastery. And that is uh, it's one of the highest monasteries in the world. And it's a fantastic place. If you go on the classic route, so you're talking the 15 day trip that we do to Everest Base Camp um uh, we go on it on i think it's day five or six and um you know we, we do go in if it's open because sometimes uh, the monks aren't all are all, always there maybe they might be off due to a festival or another occasion so they not always there but you can still go around the monastery but you can't listen to them um pray um which is quite cool actually i've been there a few times it's yeah something special uh go into that monastery and uh, you know if, you, if you're if you're buddhist or you're into that kind of thing yeah it's a pretty awesome part of the trip um sometimes on the way back because we, we do sort of retrace our steps a bit um and if we've got a bit of time you could you can again go there so you know depending because sometimes we and again we like to always remain flexible some people have missed it on the way up um just because it was a bad weather uh, maybe people suffer of altitude so then we did it on the way back um yeah. so again you know there's there's all, all different ways but yeah tengbochi monastery is fantastic there's yeah. um there's usually, monasteries dotted around, like even when you arrive in uh, facting, which is day one um, of the Everest Base Camp trek. On when you leave Lukla, it's about a three hour walk. Um, you go from about 2,850 meters down to about 2,600 meters. And facting lies next to a river. And uh, you, because it's only a short walk, you've got bit spare time in the afternoon. And if you're feeling up to it, there is a monastery about an hour's hike, um, that's in facting, which is really really cool. Um, again, it, you know. I want to save your energy but if you fancy it yeah uh, it can be good for acclimatization um which that is the other side of the river so it's a bit of a jaunt but yeah that's always a good place to, to visit as well that's day one so yeah, yeah. There's, um, a couple of options for you mate
1: awesome so uh, uh dave hockin has also asked a question as well is it possible to get a rough idea of the profile of a group before choosing which one might suit best for a solo traveler split between solo and other travelers in the group and uh, less important the age split so again there's a delicate balance like what we can give is sort of maybe a rough profile without giving any specific information due to like, you know, data protection laws and things like that. However, what I highly recommend is that you can go on to our high altitude EverTracker group, um, which is a Facebook page. And you can put on that group, you know, hey, and loads of people do, hey, I'm Dave and I'm going on May 2nd. Is anyone else on that trip? And then it's, you know, up to them then. And quite often, everyone's really excited to meet other people on the same group. Um, And almost certainly you'll meet other people from that group as well. Um, and get to know people and and then we've even known it where you know people then book their flights together and travel together and before you know it you're no longer a solo traveler so that's a really good way to do it um yeah I mean, awesome. we we can give you maybe like a broad demographic you know like but um to be honest it's it's almost a 50 50 split whichever way you look at it between sort of males females singles people that know each other that type of thing yeah. So know um, i would say you could book onto any group with confidence that you're going to be able to fit in perfectly um, and by using the high altitude evertrackers page, you'll be able to find more specific information.
0: Nice, Dave. Nice. Just going through some of the comments. I, I think it was uh, who was it there? Apparently, they said that um, yeah, don't don't hang out at the back because Yetis can hunt solo travellers. Not sure I heard that rumor, uh, Andy Whale. <laughs> um, but yeah, cheers. Uh, might be best to be mid pack. Um, yeah, nice you. That was, that I I tell you what,
1: it. I think it was I think it was Jerome, and he bought like a National Geographic map. And um, it was amazing. Oh, yeah, I I'm going to one just for this. Yeti attacks yaks and um, a Sherpa female or Sherpa woman or something like that. It said, Brilliant. I'm going to get one just for that. That's amazing. <laughs> just um, for that little comment. It looked yeah. quite cool,
0: actually. I did see that um, because I know a, a few people have asked around certain maps to buy for particular regions. And yeah, um, the National Geographic, uh, if you give a little Google um, of the Everest region, is really, really good. Uh, it's yeah. very good. I had I had that exact one when I first went to Ever Space Camp. Um, you know, wrote loads of notes. You can trace your steps. It's actually quite cool. But yeah. if you want to wait for the app, there is a map on the app just to give you a little intro <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, as well. Um, so as yeah. Andy McNaughton-Jones, after a good question, how's it going, Andy Man, about uh, are the Kili tents, three-person tents yeah. for two people? So do you know what? I'm not 100% certain on the answer. What I can tell you is that when we use them, there was plenty of space for me, Andy two duffel bags and all our kit so they might very yeah. well be a three person tent used for two people to accommodate everything else or yeah. they might just be two person sort of um uh, big two it, yeah like a big two person um tent you know so you can fit everything in I, I know for a fact like there was never any sort of awkward um you know contact between me and Andy we had our, yeah. <laughs> I don't know we had enough space and generally what we did was you know like on, a, on, a, on a, lots of expeditions you know you just put all the bags down the middle so it's easy access to your side and it also gives you a nice little sort of almost like a little room to yourself but yeah we had plenty of space they were quite big they're either they were a very big two person or you're right three uh, in uh, two into three if yeah. you will so I can find out the answer and uh, maybe I'll put it out there so cheers and thanks for that question
0: yeah nice yeah they are yeah plenty of room plenty of room with those tents um yeah but good question in terms of specifics there they're, they're pretty much they're expedition tents so they're yeah they're pretty big quite low profile so you can't stand up in them because of you know just in case it gets windy um but yeah more than enough space for two people um and yeah obviously if you do single supplement you can get one to yourself yeah. um just going through some more questions Dave anything you can pick up mate I'm just going through um
1: uh yeah. Lord James has asked, Do we go to the monastery with a Yeti scalp? Unfortunately not. That's in Kumjung.
0: Kumjung, this yeah. It's
1: half a day's walk from Namshi Um it might be something, you know, I, I don't know whether we could shoehorn it in somewhere, but just given the acclimatization day that we do on Namshi and, and the whole the the whole platform is you yeah. know we don't have time to go to Kumjung. Um but certainly it's very interesting. There's like a, a keeper of the Yeti scalp and you, you pay a donation, you get to see it in a box. Yeah, TV and stuff like that. And I read Dom Jolly's book, uh, Monster Hunter. Weirdly, only because nice. he went to all. And um, yeah, he does a section where where he goes to see the Yeti skull. But um, yeah,
0: we've um, we have had some customers. I mean, because it depends again how the group are doing. Like Dave, you mentioned there the acclimatization hike is. We usually go to the Everest View Hotel, um, which is it works really well with regards to the altitude profile. So we don't like to steer from that too much, but you know what? It depends on the group size as well. Um, maybe it's yeah. a relatively smaller group. We we have had guides before who, um, you know, obviously live in the area, and they have hiked to Kumjong. Um, you know, so it is a, a kind of a balancing act because although it's really cool to go and see, um, it's kind of off the beaten track, if you like, in terms of where and it's not yeah. the route we go. Um, whereas, I mean, if you go into say uh, Gokyo Valley. Uh there might be more of an opportunity just in terms of in, in terms of the direction you go. But again, um yeah, it was there's been quite a lot of stories around that. But it's uh I think back in the sixties it was investigated by Sir Edmund Hillary and he actually stole it, took it back to London. Uh, we got told off by the Nepalese government mind and did all the uh, tests to find out if it was a real Yeti scalp. Um but I'm not gonna say because I'll leave you guys to investigate and find out yourself because um as you know, we believe in Yetis. Yeah. Um Plenty of, plenty of them in South Wales. But there yep. may be some out in the Himalayas and we don't want to ruin the um, uh, adventure for you.
1: Exactly. Um, so um, yep. uh, jumping into the question again, Haley Lou uh, is it the same route and stops on the way back down for EBC? Um, not exactly, because we take eight days to get to EBC and only three days to get back down. We do pretty much follow the a similar route. It does kind of diverge a little bit. So on the way back down, you'll go, Lobuche to Feriche instead of to Feriche. Is uh, it a Lobuche Dingboche, So you're on the other side of a lower valley. Um, but yeah, pretty much you are following the same the the, the same route. Um, yeah, but it's just like much condensed, much longer days on the way back. So three long days um, instead of like eight long days.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's a lot quicker. I, I it's it's really cool actually when you, on on the way back because. On the way up, you're kind of obviously you're battling against the altitude, essentially. And sometimes you're down like this and, and you don't look up as much. Whereas on the way down, you get to appreciate it a bit more. Um, you get to see the landscape. Um, you, you get to stop, you chill out a bit. It's, it's really fun, the return. I know, um, you know, there, are, there have been some instances, Dave, where a helicopter comes in handy <laughs> to miss the return journey. But um, it, it is a really nice return journey. And sometimes, you know, like, like Dave mentioned there, it is a lot quicker. Um but as I mentioned earlier, you do pass through the, some of the villages you've already seen. And for instance with Tengboche, if you didn't have a chance before, sometimes it's the chance to do it on the way back.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, so we're we're super flexible like that. And you know, we don't want to stop you from having an awesome time. If something you want to do have a word with your guide and you know, very rarely, very, very rarely they say no unless it's for a medical reason. Yeah. Um yes, yeah, so just just let us know.
1: Excellent. Nice. Um Go on, Dave. Moving on, uh, I've just spotted one here, but uh, it's actually in the comments of Dave Rimmington. Lauren's probably going to go yeah. mad because I think I'm answering questions in the wrong order. On <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, right, arrival day, evening meals, do we have an evening icebreaker to get to know each other? To be honest, Dave, um, you will find that Everest beer is the best icebreaker you yeah. possibly have. <laughs> That's
0: what I was thinking, Dave. I like, um, I like, I like yeah, it. So, um,
1: yeah, generally speaking, the icebreaker is kind of like it is just that it's a social event we all get together we all generally walk through um tamil to the restaurant together we have a few beers and um you know it's it's very much like a kind of celebration of the beginning of the trip and stuff like that so yeah no kind of official icebreaker other than the official of us taking you to the restaurant plying you with booze and food um (laughs) so you can get to know everyone we do say take it easy at the beginning um you know don't get don't get too ham i mean like first night syndrome I mean like you know it's not like me and Andy have been uh monks when we've been over there but I would just say just our best advice is to just take it easy on night one um because you want to be like fit hydrated and definitely not hung over when you start the trek a couple of days later so and if you're yeah. like me hangover do tend to go into the second day so
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> nice no, yeah just just let your hair down a little bit uh, enjoy yourself get to know the team um again you know we, we obviously encourage you not to to go too nuts uh before uh you know you, before the trip it's always good to do it afterwards it's always great to do it afterwards but um you know at the end of the day is your trip you're on holiday you're all adults you can do whatever you want to do um you know and you'll have an amazing time it, whatever whatever happens anyway um miko's asked hey miko nice to see you on here mate um you asked earlier about the um your baseball truck caps when do you restock yeah it's kind of um it's a work in progress because we've we haven't been able to get these for a while. Um, the company, we did get them off. Um, we haven't put an order in with them because we, since we set up the merchandise store, um, they don't do these type of tri- uh, caps. So we're trying to find a supplier to, that, that can do them. Uh, that can make them as, as as kind of as nice as these, if you like the snapback ones. Um, and yeah, Miko. Yeah, we'll let you know because, uh, you know, if they're in the, the merch store, um, we'll, we'll obviously put it in there and then you can just buy it through the merch and they get fulfilled uh, automatically yeah if we do get them in mate um you know love to get because i can see from your profile pic you're a, a cap wearer yourself so um miko uh, as soon as we have one mate we'll uh, we'll let you know um when we can but yeah i got some, some good questions dave i'm just yeah. going i'm trying to go go down to them uh chronologically but yeah just let's have a little look
1: yeah um i got one here from christopher clifford hurst OK, um, you know, he says, I know we have to go full veggie for EBC. Uh, do you get your pepper armies before you fly? Any customs issues or is there plenty of chance to get them when you arrived? Uh, just in case you need some meat. To be honest, I have brought over some beef jerky with me and I didn't have any yeah. problems with it. I just kind of put it in my bag, um, like my main duffel bag that I checked in um, and it arrived and they were still there. So I don't really know about the customs issue. I suppose if you had it in your handbag, in your handbag, luggage and stuff like that. But yeah, there's loads of places in Kathmandu where you can get stuff. John is on here as well and John will know that when we got to Namshi, we found um packaged jerky, which was called hygienic meat. Um and also um cuttle- was it what was they, John? Peas, but they were cuttlefish peas or something like that. So tiny wow. little like cuttlefish <laughs> peas. Or like I, I, I wanna say like wasabi coated cuttlefish or something like that, but John John worked there and didn't buy them. I obviously, you know wanted to take care of myself and got a bit of a dodgy stomach, but I mean, normally that type of stuff when, uh, yeah, but, um, (laughs) you can get plenty of meat and you can bring some stuff with you. Um, yeah. Anything like that you want to bring then. Yeah. That's fine
0: yeah exactly um just seeing some of the comments i think colin was uh i'll just bring colin's uh, in uh is it a good idea to bring a good bottle of whiskey with me on the ebc trek uh mm-hmm. share with the porters guys and everyone else well you know what i'm sure they'd be really happy mm-hmm. <laughs> um i know uh, numerous evertrekkers that have done that um yeah especially uh, scots. um if you've got any scottish whiskey you want to bring um just one evertrek off the top of my head was Alan. Um, and I think it was his seventy-second birthday, and he carried a lovely bottle of scotch all the way up. And then when he got to Namche, he shared it with with all of the all of the guys. And it was yeah, I've seen some pics, uh, nice birthday cake, and it was it was fantastic. But yeah, Colin, if that's what you want to do, mate, do it. Um, I'd say just some experience, having a a little hot uh, sorry a little whiskey kind of warm you up at base camp
1: worked yeah. for me. It's really, nice to, really <laughs> nice to share on the summit of Kiliand as well, I think. And, um, so, uh, yeah, we all bought whiskey. Yes. Like, it's a good idea to bring whiskey with you anywhere you go, I believe, you know, except maybe a driving test. And um, we were on top of Killy and Andy had wow. a shot glass and uh, we were all passing it around and all sharing. And uh, Andy passed it to our friend Doug, who's a Highlander, loves his whiskey and i just saw Doug like pour it back and nothing it was empty
0: <laughs> yeah it was a, it was a hip flask it was and uh, yeah yeah it was unfortunately it's quite a heavy hip flask and i thought by the weight it had some whiskey in yeah i, I um i bought him a, i set him a nice little bottle of welsh pandaren and he enjoyed that so uh, yeah he yeah. got something out of it <laughs> um but yeah uh, brilliant I, I, although you know as a professional trekking company when you're at altitude alcohol does dehydrate you so as always do kind of take that into account but again you're all adults if you want to do it we're not going to stop you um you know it is we've also had people smoke and things like that and that's you know it's obviously up to you um some people do sometimes silly things or awesome things when when they reach the the summit of Killy or when they've got to every base camp um yeah whatever whatever makes you happy it's a good celebration i've done it i've had a some whiskey at base camp and you know what it was great um Dave, I remember the first time you got there, and you sent me a video of you having a little cheeky whiskey to celebrate, and um, yes. yeah, it was nice. Yeah,
1: I mean personally, to me, it's it's like a it's a little bit of a tradition, you know. So whenever yeah. I go up on the night, and you always, I got was like a quick belt of whiskey and stuff like that. I did yeah. notice Millie Henderson said, "What about smoking?" I would advise you against smoking at any time of your life. However. Yeah. Uh my friend Dan, he went to base camp and he smoked all the way. So if you smoke, you smoke, you know, and you want to go to base camp, it shouldn't stop you. Especially yeah. when you see the porters sitting at base camp having a fag and carrying fifty kilos on their back. You know, it's like yeah, it, it shouldn't it shouldn't stop you uh going something like that. John has also remembered our snazzy uh Evertrek face masks. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately these are these are like Yeti masks, I think.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, you've got them. Yeah, yeah. We've got we got a bunch of them for, for all of us from the office when we're <laughs> working and traveling and you know not now but we've had them since like july i think um yeah. but yeah we've all got our own little uh evertrek face masks <laughs> unfortunately so- yeah, I mean, will be able to buy at the moment we haven't got that many
1: <laughs> yeah well, literally it's hat
0: mask jacket <laughs> <laughs> well it's obviously the merch store um you know if you do want to get uh, any of our merch uh you know, mug, get one of these lovely mugs if you want to um one of our t-shirts hoodies seen a few hoodies out there becoming very popular uh lauren who's on the comments if you put the the link you should be able to go and grab yourself something if you if you want to grab something yeah unfortunately the um the face masks aren't on there they don't do them unfortunately with that supplier yeah. um, which is frustrating but the, we because we've got decent ones um you know obviously because of when you're in supermarkets gas stations whatever you know you want to um obviously got to wear them haven't you cool. um but right, Dave. Any any more that you can see, mate? I'm just going through. Um, oh, all, always more, mate. Always more. Always more.
1: Always more. <laughs> Hayley Tompkins. On a side note, how likely will winter skills trips be going ahead this year? Um, probably very likely next winter. Um, yeah. This you know this winter, unfortunately, has been hammered by COVID <laughs> and restrictions, so that's not possible, and probably the right thing to do. So next year, though, so sort of maybe September, October. Yeah. november december january you know that, that type of term um almost positive that they will be running and stuff like that um yeah i can imagine with the crampons yeah that would be just itching to get out in them as well i would be the same but yes i think this year but like next winter not this winter so yeah we'll be running them
0: yeah nice yes yeah, one of those um sorry i just brought jerome's question on there but yeah it's one of those with regards to the winter skills because we, we've had a chat with um steve arame hire uh, who was going to run these uh weekends and uh, obviously the the limitations right now are, are put upon us um so we're not able to run them but you know there might be some snow i mean you never know in march or april but it's very very likely like anything like like we are recommending our trips in the spring to, to kind of reschedule at the moment because of the challenging um travel restrictions uh but obviously in the uk yeah it's it's locked down isn't it so it's very difficult to run them but you know we, we can't wait to to start these trips as well as you guys so yeah as soon as we're able to we're uh, we'll be on that start line uh, ready to go. Um, But yeah, Jerome's asked a good question. How difficult is the ascent of Chola as compared to the night ascent of Kili? I'd I'd probably say that uh, Kili's harder, longer ascent um, because of the time, because of what's gone before. It's, it's also, it's also higher,
1: Um,
0: you know? So yeah, if you've, and I know Kili, Jerome, I know you've, you've done Kili, you know, and fantastic mate. Chola shouldn't be an issue with you as always. You know, every time you go to altitudes the first time essentially so you, know, you have to go through the same acclimatization process so you want to make sure that you stick to this those same things um when you go in up chola as well and, and you know your, your body will react uh, a similar way yeah. uh, you know hydration you know going slow join yourself positive mindset um yeah jerome go for it you love chola
1: Exactly. Uh, has asked, is is dairy okay on EDC as there are no fridges? Um, To be honest with you, I kind of limit the amount of dairy that I have. So I don't have butter or anything like that on my toast. Milk is okay generally because it's powdered um, and then they'll they'll make it up. So um, yeah, like milk with your coffee is okay. To be honest, I don't drink a lot of it. I, I tend to limit it. I won't avoid it completely because sometimes it's nice to have a coffee but most of the time I'll drink black tea with lemon or honey or something like that. And I won't yep. put butter on there and stuff. I think it's just all of the stuff, you know, you, I think the fact that you've even raised the question says you have an <laughs> awareness of that type of thing, you know, avoiding yeah. ice cubes in your Coke when you're abroad and stuff like that. All the same common sense stuff applies as well. And also knowing yourself, like how sensitive your stomach is me, you know, I've only got to come within 50 yards of someone that's got food poisoning mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm going to get it. <laughs> so like, I'm I'm quite sort of strict on, you know what type of foods I'll eat when I'm trekking, um, only because I don't like I don't have nothing spicy or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I would say you know avoid it as much as you can. But if you like Andy and you like a milky coffee in the morning, then um, you know it's not the end of the world. You can enjoy a
0: coffee. Yeah, uh, Grace, Millie, Millie's asked a good question actually. Uh, will the trek to EBC have changed dramatically because of the lockdown? Uh, no one being in the mountain. So yeah, it's um. Millie, really, I mean, we've we've been in contact with with the team over the last twelve months since since you know uh, everything was shut down essentially, um, and obviously it's been great. You know, in terms of the, the the fundraising that's gone on, first back in May, and then with the down jackets sort of over the the festive period. So you know, they they've um, they're certainly doing doing great now, but still challenging because there's there's yep. no customers. But yeah, in terms of you know, all the lodges are still there. Um, you know, from what we've we've heard. Uh, they're ready and waiting and there's one thing i know about the nepalese people they're very resilient you know although it's challenging for us that they're used to surviving they're used to these kind of things to them in a way from what we've heard it's like uh, you know especially with nepal it's like they're prioritizing um you know because there's 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 hunger out there there's they're very poor countries a third world country to them that's more dangerous than covid um you know from what we've heard so they're kind of they're they're fighting on that front really um whereas obviously over here you know it's had a huge impact on our lives right yeah
1: um
0: you know but with regards to, to the kumbu region so wherever space camp lies i've no doubt uh it'll be ready and waiting for us when we're able to get back out there that's, that's for sure yeah um you know and and is still there so yeah it's uh it's not going anywhere um yeah it'll be there ready and waiting millie for, for when you're ready to get out there mate definitely
1: yeah, exactly. I mean, in the mountains as well, they're very self-sufficient. They have farms, they grow their own food. So a lack of income is certainly a problem. But um, yeah, like Andy says, you know, they've got they've got a lot of other problems, of course, just as equal amount of, you know, poses just as much danger to them. So shutting everything down to deal with one problem and creating 20 others is it's a different society um, in Nepal. But yeah, good question. I really like that one um let's have yes. a quick look anything else da, 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 da. i'm just doing a quick thing john's upset that he can't get a face mask he's uh the great boy uh, I, john i think i've got one flying around my car i'll wash it and give it to you if you <laughs> have a second one um yeah so i think that's pretty much it ramona making some good points there about starting the trip as fresh as possible now just knowing and then given the amount of trips that i've done over there right yeah, some people do wake up on the day tour, like sightseeing day, a little rough around the edges. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. so you know, but yeah, our like you all adults, you know, we're not going to crack the whip, and but our best advice is to try and stay as fresh as possible because you are going to high altitude. um yeah. And actually, I think John now, who who uh, actually awesome, is almost done. I think nine months or a year, something like that, totally sober. But the last time we went to Nepal, he started the trip a little bit rough and I think he will be the first to say that yeah. he regretted it. Um Yeah, I think that's pretty much, I think I'm caught up.
0: Yeah, no, you have. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, there's, there's one question I think Haley asked around permits for, for Killy. How soon before going would you need to book? I mean, Hayley, there's a couple of things I'd, I'd kind of want to share. It's one thing that's going to be with Achilles trips is it's is really popular. Um So although... You can leave it until closer to the time, um, because once this is all over, I think travel is just going to go nuts. So, you know, if, if, you, if you're looking to jump on a date with us, definitely. Um, I'm not sure I, if, if you're booked already for Kili, um, but get yourself booked in and, and you're ready to go. And obviously we can move you, um, you know, if, if it does get delayed. Um, for us, with regards to permits, um, we do kind of organise them in advance through our, um, our team in uh, Tanzania um so in terms of leaving it to the last minute i mean we're always we're always able to accommodate but it's just whether there's space on the group um you know i mean if it's one or two generally we can fit it but i think it's it's become a bit more stricter on Killy, unfortunately but yeah let's know uh hayley if it's a date in mind we can we can have a chat about it separately um you know drop us an email info at evertrek.co.uk and um you know we can look at specific times and you know i i kind of guess where this question is coming from? Obviously, I understand with regards to when once lockdown is over, and then okay, can I leave it until, and then go? Cool, I want to go then. It's um, yeah, just to reiterate that point, it is going to be busy after uh, the lockdown's over with regards to going on these trips. So yeah, if you are if you do want to jump on the trip with us, uh, we'd love to have you with us, Haley.
1: Yeah, awesome. I see uh, Miko coming up there with some very sound advice, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I think. um eh. The, the, the dehydration and stuff like that will have a far greater impact on your acclimatization. But I've got to admit, I like where your mind's at. Same um, here. But, <laughs> very... here. but um, no, unfortunately yeah, you want to be going slow deliberately as opposed to, uh, as opposed to like, cause you feel terrible. But, um, yeah. but no, man, yeah, I like where your mind's at. Um, <laughs> I with, uh, so uh, I, okay. Got, cheers, okay. Lawrence actually elbowed me in the ribs and said, I didn't answer this one. Uh, Hayley Lou Brimble said she hasn't seen a woolly hat on our store. Is there going to be any? We could look into it, actually. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's some of those where I think they've said anything that there needs to be any embroidery on at the moment is um, slowed because of COVID. So yeah. We haven't added anything new to the store because, um, you know, just dealing what we've got to deal with is a, is enough at the moment. But, yeah, certainly yeah. I think we'll put one on. I think I might have the only one in existence. And I think you made it specially for me, didn't you, for my or is there a did, couple? Did like that?
0: that was a custom made one yeah which is a little yeah. bit, a bit different. but a couple of years ago we had some made um, from another supplier that unfortunately they're unfortunately out of business now um yeah so certainly with this supplier um we will if, if they do uh, and they're decent ones you know we don't want to we want to make sure they're up to a certain standard uh because I've, I've had some before and they're like big gaps between the seams and, and i was like, that's not going to keep you warm on killy <laughs> you know so um, we kind of right we're not going to use them anymore so yeah we want to make sure they're decent you know um Obviously, it's great from a stylist point of view. You know, if you want to, uh, obviously wear one of the um, uh, wear one of them. That's fine. Um, just saw Colin again. I got some great questions today. Sorry, Colin's just dropped in. Can yeah. you uh, could you go to EVC wearing a kilt? Yeah, why not? I mean, it's uh, it's cold in Scotland, right? Um, I, I you know if you're used to it and you want to wear a kilt, I especially if it's on base camp day, go for it, mate. I think it'd make for a great picture. Mm. And you know, if, it's, um, if, it, if it if if yeah, if, if you want to do it, go for it.
1: I'd hate to say no to that. You've had so, um, it's a bit cold out there. I'm assuming um, married with children already. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> happy to crack on, mate. Good idea. Saw so one guy yep. on Killian. Do you remember that? He did the whole trek wearing like um, a tweed, almost like a tweed hunting suit from That's like right. thirties. Yeah. You know, guy was a legend. Every time we saw him, we were like, "Did you get that stack yet, mate?" <laughs> but really, it he looked needed. like something
0: out of you know the hunter off Jumanji, wasn't he? He looked like that guy. And pelt, yeah. Yeah,
1: it looked yeah, exactly yeah. And, like him. It did, look a, it did look a lot like it. Um,
0: let's have a look. We'll, uh, Andy Whale, I'd like to see that, Andy. That would
1: yeah. be, uh, <laughs> be great. Uh, brilliant. Um, 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 what what time do you yeah. generally set off in the mornings on EBC? Generally, yeah. you'll wake up between sort of 6.30, 7, something like that. Depends on what the day's going to be like. So, yeah, but it's only 6.30, and you kind of wake up, get dressed, get up, get your bag ready, go down for breakfast, and then set off between yeah. 8, 8.30 maybe, something like that. Very rarely will you set up at 9.00. On your acclimatisation days, you might have a little bit of a lie-in, so get up at half seven and stuff like that. Um, the day when you wake up for EBC, you generally wake up at around 5.30 um, because it's a much longer day and you want to give yourself um, all the time in the world to kind of get there, so you wake up a bit earlier. Um, but, yeah, generally speaking, you're going to be getting up at around 6.30 most days, something like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And one thing that the guides do, just noticing – um, especially all the experience guides, they kind of almost gauge how the the team do the first couple of days. So we'll you'll set you like a six thirty wake up, and then if you're all like bleary eyed, he might sort of say, okay, you can have an extra half hour tomorrow, <laughs> yeah. because um, it just means obviously you get to the destination a little bit later. Um, and then once he finds a time that works for the group, he'll go, cool. That's kind of and it'll become like a daily thing then. Except obviously, as Dave said, you know, uh, on the long days like every space Camp, it's a long day. Oh,
1: Time.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. Calabata. What a beast. <laughs> great stuff. Um, Yeah. Wearing a kilt. I love that question. It's brilliant. Six thirty seven. Well, look, um, I feel like we're coming to a close now. So it's been a great live and definitely around. Uh, we hope the questions and, and the conversations around solo trekking has provided, you know, uh, maybe taken away those, those fears or worries about that. If any of you um, who haven't been on a trip with us yet around, uh, going on your own, um, yeah, Dave. Any, any final thoughts, mate, before we,
1: we finish? Yeah, just stop worrying, go on your own, it'll be fine.
0: <laughs> <Short> <laughs> you know, sweet, mate,
1: short, sweet, yep, exactly. I mean, you know, just look at everyone that's commented on here, you know, that's yeah. actually gone on their own. One thing I will say, just a general observation, I think we get more solo females than males. Yeah, I mean, girl, I think girls tend to be braver than guys. I think guys like to go with a mate, but girls go on their own. So, yeah, you tend to get it. So, you know, um, you know, you'll always have at least one solo person on the trip as well. And, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's only like what you're going through now is probably the worst part of it. You know, once you actually go on there and you experience it, you realize you really had nothing to worry about and you'll come back sort of adventure expert. And then you'll be like, you know, some of the guys on here, you know, Shona, I think, has done 50 trips on her own. You know, Ramona has been on her own, um, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah. Go track nice, Dave.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Ramona's put some sort of final thoughts as well. And because and, uh, she was a solo trekker and, um, you know, the friends she's made her Everest space Camp are still the people she turns to now during lockdown, which says a lot. Um, yeah. So and, and, and from experience as well, because I love travel on my own um you know especially in my my early backpacker days i it was it was part of why I, I fell in love with traveling and the people you meet the experiences the things you go through yeah it's it's one of the best ways to make some new mates that's for sure yeah, yeah. um but right yeah all right was we'll sign off um yeah great to see uh lots of you enjoy it some of the comments as always great to see some great numbers and yeah we'll, we'll catch you next week
1: always no guys take
0: care bye Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune-in, but I hope yeah, you enjoyed
1: it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks. Now, if, uh, if you've enjoyed it, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Um, you know, all these uh, podcasts we put together, the episodes, trying to reach as many people as possible. And if it's helped you, leave us a lovely review. Um, and yeah, we'll see you again next week. Yeah, all the best, guys. Bye.